You're listening to Birthplace of Next, the podcast where city leaders discuss the latest news and developments in Dayton that continue to make it a livable, sustainable, and innovative community. In this episode, we sit down with Director Aaron Sorrell of the City's Department of Planning and Community Development to learn about the West Dayton Development Plan and current initiatives in Dayton's western neighborhoods. Welcome, Aaron. Thank you, Anne. I'm uh, really happy to be here to talk about all the initiatives that are uh, going on in, in Dayton, in particular the West Side. So what is the West Dayton Development Plan? When was it established and what does it do? So the West Dayton Development Plan uh, really came out of a 2014 um, strategy that was adopted by Plan Board. Um, it was more of a it was a corridor investment plan and laid out a strategy of uh, our investment um, our investment strategies for over the next really 20 years. Uh, and last year, the city manager um, asked us to really operationalize that plan and uh, make sure that. We are working to coordinate all of the city's investments, uh, working to leverage our partner investments in that area. So we sat down, um, city, uh, citywide development uh, staff, which is one of our nonprofit arms that uh, was formed in the late 70s to, to affect development uh, throughout the city. So we have broken down the west geography, and that being really the neighborhood south of Wolf Creek and west of Great Miami, uh, the Great Miami River, into four quadrants. And staff has developed at the moment a, a work plan for those four geographies that really operationalize our on-the-ground investments and in, in movement. The West Dayton plan has a steering committee that uh, is going to be chaired by Commissioner Chris Shaw and Mr. John Lumpkin, and that steering committee will provide a number of, of things. One is which um, sort of overall coordination, uh, advocating for uh, investment on the west side, and then helping uh, the city and our allied agencies really set priorities and, and funding uh, priorities for investments over the coming uh, 20 years or so. So what prompted the development of this uh, plan? Why is it needed? Well, I think that uh, as as the city has um, evolved and funding sources have uh, been re reduced over th uh, from the state cuts to uh, federal resource uh, cuts to uh, you know the city's overall ability to um, fund projects, there was a recognized uh, need to make sure that we're really coordinating all of our efforts, not only the city's investment, but also our allied uh, agencies, county, state, etc., cetera, uh, so that we can leverage uh, everybody's precious dollars so that we can make the the biggest return on investment that we can um, so you know as as you're aware but maybe the listeners aren't for example when we're working on transportation projects we're planning five six seven years out uh, and so the projects that we're working on right now for transportation aren't going to be constructed until 2021-2022 so there is a, a real need to make sure that we are thoughtfully coordinating all of those investments, economic development, housing, and transportation, so that it is coordinated and that we're not accidentally working at cross-purposes with one another. So what might be examples of things that would be initiated under the plan? So there are a few uh, outcomes that we're looking at at the moment. Um, the the most recent announcement that we will then be working on would be the West Dayton um, Library Branch, or the branch of the um, Dayton Metropolitan Library that will be uh, constructed at 
Abby and, and 35. With that announcement um, came the city mobilizing our efforts to then get into the pipeline uh, transportation enhancement projects that would affect Abbey, would affect the intersection of 35 and Abbey to make sure that we had safe pedestrian crossings for uh, adults and children, and so that we lined up those funding sources uh, for implementation in 2021. So if you think the librarian made the announcement um, in August of 2016, uh, you figure six months to design, another 12 to 18 months for construction, it opens in 1819. Uh, you know, we need to set the stage for then our investments to, to tag and, and follow right along from there. What might a resident of uh, West Dayton see happen in their neighborhood as a result of this plan? So there will be a, a number of outcomes. Um, one will be, again, like I mentioned, better coordination amongst all the agencies. Uh, there will be a, an intensive uh, effort for uh, community organizing and working with uh, residents and neighborhood leaders to um, develop a, a better sort of infrastructure for um, organizing, inputting with the city, making sure that we are communicating back and forth with one another as effectively as we can. Um, we will be working, uh, one of the outcomes is in the Edgemont neighborhood, really looking at um, land uses. That neighborhood has changed over the years with the um, closing of the Wisconsin Delphi plant. Uh, there is still a very large concentration of jobs in Edgemont, and one of the things that we want to make sure that we do is look at the land uses, look at the, the regulatory environment from zoning um, and other areas, and position those businesses to be able to expand and create more jobs uh, on the west side. That also includes uh, lining up transportation projects so that we can better serve those businesses that are serving the community. So how is this plan being funded? Who's paying for it? Each, well, there are four areas that the plan uh, looks at. The, the first area would be sort of the Greater Wright Dunbar area. The second. Could you explain the geography of that? Sure. So we, um, as part of the West State Development Plan, we've subdivided the the West Side into four areas because it's a very large geography. The we call it Area One, which is the Greater Wright Dunbar area, includes uh, the area like Wright Dunbar, Wolf Creek, Roosevelt. Um, those are those are the big highlights there. It's really. Uh, west of, or excuse me, east of James H. McGee and north of 35. The second area would be uh, north of 35, but west of James H. McGee, so includes neighborhoods such as Westwood, um, uh, Residence Park, um, parts of uh, Arlington neighborhood, uh, including the VA. Uh, so that's the sub area two. Sub area three uh, is south of 35 and give or take depend you know the, the the eastern edge is a little fuzzy but it's basically the Edgemont neighborhood west uh, and that includes uh, and included in that is a larger initiative called uh, HUD Choice Neighborhood um, Planning Grant which I'll talk about later uh, or maybe in another episode uh, and then Area 4 really comprises of the Carillon neighborhood and Edgemont. Um, that those are you know, two river neighborhoods bisected by I-75. Really, they have their own sort of flavor and unique um, development opportunities. So we wanted to 
create that as a separate uh, distinct area. So how will the teams that work in each of these four areas be different? So, so the, uh, the leadership teams are really um, divided into two groups, um, Citywide Development Corporation and their staff, uh, along with city staff, are taking the lead in areas uh, two and three. So the uh, Westwood area and then the area south of 35. Citywide has the lead in those two geographies. Uh, the Department of Planning and Community Development staff have the lead in the Wright Dunbar area, which was area one, and then area four, which would be Carillon and Edgemont. So we've tried to break down um, those areas into, like I said, two, two leadership groups, citywide in the city, and then nested under them is a team, a, a really cross-departmental team uh, that includes folks from civil engineering, planning, um, HRC, the police, fire, uh, really all of the agencies and departments that touch those neighborhoods, either through uh, like the police day-to-day -day patrols or uh, public works, engineering on the investments that are going to be uh, teed up in the next five years for transportation. And then of course HRC with a lot of the work that they're doing on the um, police community relations and then planning. You know, we, it's, it's our job to set up the visions for the next 15-20 years. And HRC is the Human Relations Council. It is, yes, sorry. Yes. Okay, let's get back to uh, what is it costing and who's paying? Well, the initial plan, it really is, um, it's really more of a cost in time. And so it is uh, our staff and citywide staff um, really putting a lot of time and a lot of thought into um, the development. So right now it, it's just staff time. We are, the, the implementation though will have a dollar figure attached to it. And depending on the project, the funding sources could be varied. So the library, for example, is funded out of the bond initiative that the voters approved uh, a year or two ago. Um, that library could be 15 to $20 million once they really decide on the, uh, the programming. The transportation projects are largely federally funded uh, or state funded. And then there is some city money that serves as uh, a match. Uh, so it really depends. Uh, we, the city has uh, annually about six to seven million dollars that we invest in uh, various public works projects or housing development projects. So it really, really depends on the type of project. But what we are really good at, and we have been for a long time, is leveraging outside sources of money to complement the city's uh, limited resources. So how will residents of these neighborhoods and businesses located there be involved in this planning project? Um, the, we, will, we have already started meeting with, uh, with some. We had a meeting uh, on June 2nd with neighborhood leaders to discuss the planning process and the approach that we wanted to take. Um, they were largely in agreement with the approach that we laid out. Um, we will be setting the steering committee membership here in uh, late August and we'll probably set the first meeting in September and the steering committee will then really largely define the inner workings of the process but we plan to communicate consistently with uh, neighborhood associations, neighborhood presidents, we'll use the city's uh, public affairs department to uh, disseminate information and, and give feedback so um, resident involvement and business involvement, it will be key to the successful implementation of this plan.
So what has the reaction been of residents and business uh, leaders so far? So far, it's been very positive. I think there is a recognition uh, that there needs to be a well-articulated and well-thought-out plan for the next 20 to 25 years. Um, and so they're excited about being a part of shaping the future for uh, West Dayton. So for, oh my gosh, I'm starting a lot of my questions with so. But anyway, if I live in the western or eastern part of Dayton or the southern part of Dayton, northern part of Dayton, why would it matter to me that planning initiatives are taking place in the western half of Dayton? Well, you know, it's, it's one of those things where um, a strong, each geography needs to be strong for Dayton as a whole to be strong. Uh, and so we have had a number of initiatives on the east side. Um, we have done uh, a lot of planning in the, the southeast quarter, uh, quadrant with uh, the University of Dayton and Miami Valley Hospital with the Genesis Project, which has, you know, been a 10-year initiative that is, um, you know, obviously showing a lot of fruition uh, when you look at Brown Street and Main Street and what happened there. Um, we've been working with the um, Phoenix Collaborative on the north uh, side of, of Dayton with uh, Good Samaritan Hospital and over the last 10 years and have a, a development plan that we've been implementing. And then most recently have been working in Old North Dayton and McCook Field in the Da Vinci Collaborative, setting the stage for you know a, a very similar process, laying out strategies and investments that are being implemented today for the next, um, really that will cover us over the next 15 years. This is the next step, is working on the, the West Quadrant and uh, taking that similar collaborative approach between residents, stakeholders, and businesses and setting the vision and investment schedule over the next 20 years. If someone wants to find out more about the plan, who should they contact? Um, right now, I think they should contact uh, myself at uh, uh, my email address is aaron.sorrell at DaytonOhio.gov or they can contact the uh, planning department at 333-3681 and we can either meet directly with them or send them uh, information. As we uh, refine our approach and uh, put a little more meat on the bone, so to speak, um, there will be consistent communication uh, on the city's website and, and documents being out there for people to, to react to uh, and provide input to us. Well, thank you, Aaron. I'm Ann Shanking, a planner in the Department of Planning and Community Development, and thank you for tuning in to Birthplace of Next. Thanks for listening to Birthplace of Next, a publication of the City of Dayton's Office of Communication and Public Affairs. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast so you never miss the latest news about business, technology, and development in Dayton. If you have questions or feedback for us, email cityhall at daytonohio.gov.